Should Labour offer a second referendum on Brexit? That is the subject of this week's politicalbetting.com Polling Matters podcast. As Labour heads to Liverpool, there is intense debate amongst the grassroots about whether to offer a people's vote, a second referendum, or whatever you want to call it. Essentially, another say on whether um, Britain should remain in the European Union or leave as we are on course to do. We're going to be going over some of the numbers today and looking at the case for and the case against offering a second referendum and debating some of the numbers and some of the issues around that. This will not be um, sort of polling matters editorialising, giving our own personal uh, viewpoints on this, but looking at the numbers as pollsters do and, and, and strategizing about what the uh, best way forward might be for the Labour Party as their activists gather at conference. And to go over the numbers, as ever, I'm joined by my fellow podcaster, Leo Barassi. Leo, welcome. Hello, Karen. So fast-moving events um, in Salzburg with Theresa May um, sort of glad-handing, uh, kind of. Uh, these are EU diplomats and... Uh, EU leaders. We're recording this on um, Thursday night. I'm not quite sure when it's going to go out. But at the moment, before we go on to the Labour point, it doesn't look great for the Prime Minister, does it? Yeah, this is probably the worst day that she's had um, in Brexit terms since the election. Uh, She certainly looks like her plan is unravelling. And it's hard to see where she goes from here i think yeah i mean i i'm a bit bemused by it all if i'm honest it felt like everyone was warming to each other and it was kind of going towards an inevitable probably quite fudged deal where the the big issues were kicked down the road as much as they could be but you know there was ultimately some kind of withdrawal deal some kind of statement you know it was put to parliament uh, you know, a, a couple of days ago, I was pretty confident she was going to, quote unquote, get away with it because, you know, her opponents were bottled it. But right now, I don't know where we go from here. Well, I guess the argument you can make for where, for the benefit of her position or the, the um, I mean, not to suggest that she's deliberately got herself here, although but maybe she's more of a strategic mastermind than she seems. But maybe where she is now is in a position where uh, the options on the table are no longer checkers and no deal but a a renegotiated form of checkers that give more concessions to the EU or no deal. And maybe that was what was the case all along, that checkers was never going to get through the EU, and but it was the best that she could get through the cabinet. So what has now become clear is she has to slightly change checkers, make it more favourable to the EU, and that is now clearly obvious to Conservative MPs, to the country. So... If the option, if if the other alternative of no deal is so unpopular, then perhaps what today does is give her a bit more space to renegotiate checkers, maybe. I, I guess we're going to have to start learning to love the phrase checkers plus, aren't we? Or something, or checkers minus. Checkers minus, right? Checkers minus, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, that might be what she's trying to do. I mean, given that the, the checkers deal was pretty badly received within the Tory party in the first place. I'm not sure how further concessions will go down, but this is a fast-moving scenario. By the time people listen to this during Labour conference next week, maybe things will have undoubtedly moved over the weekend. So let's not talk about checkers and the deal itself too much. But what we want to talk about today is this idea of a uh, second referendum, a people's vote, whatever terminology you use, and whether Labour should be offering one. And I suppose this looks like it's going to dominate Labour conference. I, mean, I guess arguments about reselections and all the rest of it might do too, and the anti-Semitism row. Um, but there does seem to be lots of CLPs going to conference with motions in favour of a uh, second vote. 
And that's harder for the leadership to ignore than the Chukramunas and the, all the rest of it, you know, doing their usual thing. So let's do this as let's, let's do this this way. Let's um, put the case for each first uh, in favour of a um, second referendum and then against. And then let's just talk around some of the numbers and some of the issues around that. So you're going to put forward the case that Labour should have a uh, should offer a second referendum. Right. And there are a few parts to it. But the single most important is that it is quite popular and becoming increasingly so. Um, as we've talked about previously, it's difficult to get a single firm number on it because it really varies according to what, how you ask the question. So let's just look at the YouGov tracker, which has been asking the question in the same way longer than anyone else and more often than anyone else. And what that shows is that... Um, well, let me let me give you the question. Once the Brexit negotiations are complete and the terms of Britain's exit from the EU have been agreed, do you think there should or should not be a referendum to accept or reject them? Pretty straight down the line, pretty um, middle of the road question. Uh, last year, we were consistently getting a lead for should not in the teens between uh, 12 and 18 points for most of last year. Um, from December until the middle of this year, that had shrunk to seven or eight points broadly, a bit of variation, but um, certainly had shrunk. Now, since checkers, or and maybe it's unrelated checkers, so let's just call it since July, that has shrunk further. It's now pretty much parity, even split of should or should not. So uh, it's clear that opinion has moved very much in favour of there being a vote on the final deal. Um, and within that, it's absolutely clear that Labour voters strongly favour this. So Labour voters are 57-26 on the YouGov wording. So uh, if Labour are to listen to their voters, then it's very clear that on this issue, they do want there to be another deal. And I, su um, and I suppose, I mean, you know, being a members-led party, I know Labour members and Labour voters are not the same thing, of course, but... You know, if the Labour Party wants to be this m m movement of the members, one way to do that would be to listen to members and have a, a second vote, wouldn't it? But to challenge that slightly, hasn't there um, always been a majority of Labour voters in support for, you know, Remain in the first place and, uh, you know, second referendums and things? I mean, what what means, what, what makes it that they should offer one now? Well, but I don't think that's an argument against it, is it? I mean, uh, the... The Corbyn project has explicitly been one about democratising the party throughout. Uh, they're making a big play about reselections, um, about making the party accountable to its members. We also know that the members are very pro-EU. Um, just because it's always been the case, I don't think that negates the point that if the party leadership is to be responsive to its members and responsive to its voters, and indeed, if it's to be consistent, then you can make this argument. Now, look, we've got to be honest that uh, um, a few weeks ago, I suggested that you could come up with an intellectually consistent way of saying that, uh, of splitting, the di splitting a difference between members having complete power to select MPs and members having complete power over policy. You could say that it's a, a delegate-based system, it's a representative democracy where members get to choose the, the MPs, but don't necessarily get to choose all the policies. But uh, now, I think that's intellectually consistent, but I don't think that's an argument that you're typically hearing from the leadership. I think uh, if they want to make that argument, fine, but they don't. I think if they're being consistent, then 
it does feel like democratization on this issue would be the right thing to do. Um, but I, I guess the sort of political strategy and public opinion question, just because Labour voters like it, doesn't mean it's necessarily the wise thing to do. But something that, again, has had, um, because it's happened quite slowly, hasn't had that much tension, which is the Lib Dems are creeping up. Um, the last six, sorry, of the last eight polls that we've had, six of them, the Lib Dems have been on 10 points or more, which, as far as I can see, is the first time that's happened since the election. And my guess is that's the first time it's happened in quite a long time. In fact, the most recent poll was Mori and had them on 13 points. Uh, and interestingly, these polls where the Lib Dems have been doing better, Labour have been shrinking. If you look at that, La that Mori poll, uh, 10% of last year's Labour voters are now voting Lib Dem. Um, it feels like if Brexit continues to become more salient, then Labour not offering a vote on the deal exposes them potentially to a loss of voters on their Lib Dem flank. Um, the counterpoint, of course, is what happens to Labour remainers uh, if Labour start looking like they're going weak on Brexit, to, they start losing voters to the UKIP flank. Now, that's possible. Late Labour leavers. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's possible. But I, uh, the polling that we've talked about before has generally pointed to the evidence that Labour leavers are less passionate about the EU than Conservative leavers. So Labour leavers, they leave voters, obviously, but leave is much less of an obsession for them than it is for many other leavers. So sure, maybe some might go, but it's just not such a big deal for them. And this gives me an opportunity to plug uh, our most recent podcast with Mark Pack from Lib Dem Voice, which uh, hopefully regular listeners will have already listened to. But if not, do check it out. Um, I had a conversation with Mark about the Lib Dem conference and where the Lib Dems go from here. And he was very much talking about you know, them taking Labour voters slowly but surely um, over the issue of Brexit. So there does seem to be some some leakage there. Um, I suppose the other the other thing to add um, to the case for a uh, sort of second referendum is that I mean, people do think Brexit's going badly. I mean, if you look at um, YouGov's polls, 71% told the most recent YouGov poll that Brexit's going badly. 70% um, told Ipsos Mori that they're not confident Theresa May will get a good deal. So I suppose, um, you know, how how long will people you know, carry on, uh, leave voters carry on supporting it? I suppose it may maybe it's best to get out ahead of it and offer a second referendum. I mean, I'm not convinced for reasons I'll come to, but I mean, there is evidence that people don't think the thing's going well, don't, isn't it? Isn't there, Leo? Yeah, and um, the question that I think gives the widest lead in terms of the wording of a, do you want there to be a, a vote on the final deal? is where you say should the final decision be made by mps or by the public um, and it's clear that it is widely seen that um mps the government are not doing a good job here so if labor are able to get that framing of um we can't we can't trust uh, mps can labor say we can't trust politicians i don't know but um that certainly we can't trust the government and parliament to get this right this has to go back to the people then that seems to be an argument that uh, for which there's uh, quite an audience mm. i'm going to lay out the case against and then maybe we can talk about where we think it might go um i think the first there is 
I don't want to make this the crux of my argument, but I think I think we should acknowledge it. There is a there is a philosophical argument about the referendum itself and whether it's right to um, reverse the result or or be perceived to reverse the result before it's uh, actually happened, before Brexit's actually um, been seen to be done. Um, I wouldn't argue for the permanence of the referendum in 2016, but at the end of the day, Britain did vote in overwhelming numbers. You know, turnout was what seventy two percent, very high. Um, people were very passionate about this. It voted in overwhelming numbers, but didn't vote overwhelmingly, of course. Well, maybe not. I mean, 52, 48 might sound like a, I mean, it's still more than a million gap between Leave and Remain. I think it was a pretty sizable, um, pretty sizable vote overall. But I don't, I don't want to get bogged down in that argument. But I think there is a principle there that is, that is at least um, I think people should be allowed to make, which is that people voted one way. And if you're seen to if the so-called establishment is seen to reverse that or make people vote again until they get the right choice, there could be um, unpres- like difficult um, political ramifications for that. But let's leave that to one side. I want to focus on the numbers. But I do think you should acknowledge that argument because I think it is out there and would be made. I guess the crux of my argument is that although the Labour base is really pro-Remain, and we've, we know that very well, and there is the argument about Corbyn and democratisation of the party, I think that the argument that there's been a substantial shift against Brexit is massively overdone. It's been a consistent theme of this podcast when we've looked at a lot of polling that's been churned out by People's Vote and others, that there's been quite a selective use of stats, quite a sort of um, almost intellectual gymnastics being used with some some statistics um, that try to make out there's been a surge in support for remaining after all, that it isn't really clear that there has been. The, the, the go-to stat that I always say is that even though 71% told YouGov um, that they think Brexit is going badly, only 46%, say only, still a large number, but only 46% think it's the wrong decision. So that leaves a good chunk of people that think it's going badly, but don't necessarily want uh, think it's the wrong decision or want to reverse it. 42% in that poll said it was the right decision. That's a net of minus four uh, for wrong. So more people think it's the wrong decision than right. So I will acknowledge that. But that hasn't really changed a great deal. It's changed a little bit since the referendum itself. When the net was plus two, this time last year it was minus one. So you could argue that it's creeping towards it being the wrong decision. But it was minus seven in May, and it was zero a week or so later. I guess the general point I would make is that there isn't really conclusive evidence that uh, there's been a significant shift against Brexit or in favour of it being the wrong decision, and certainly not amongst um, Leave voters. The referendum question, you acknowledged uh, correctly that there has been a shift in some of the polls that um, track this over time, and YouGov's the one that's most regularly cited. Um, but you know, unfortunately, not very many pollsters actually trend with the same question, so it's quite difficult to to measure that. But I will acknowledge there's been a shift towards um, the so-called people's vote. But again, I just don't think it's a conclusively majority opinion. And, you know, John Curtis... So John Curtis has uh, produced some good uh, analysis on what EU thinks, uh, the website that where he brings together all the polling on this, which shows all of the different ways this, this has been asked, this question about a second referendum and the results. And it's a, it's a murky picture, but I think that the, the, the general trend is that when you um, ask about having a second referendum, yeah, there's, there's broad support for it and it might be growing. But when you introduce the prospect of people of, of Britain not leaving, after all, support tends to drop. Now, not always. Um, I mean, one of the biggest uh, polling, uh, w- one of the questions with the biggest degree of support for a people's vote uh, conducted by YouGov, uh, so people supported it by 50 to 25, did mention remaining after all. 
but it explicitly said if Brexit talks break down and there is no deal. So I think there is a... This, this there, is also the question that the one that I referred to that uh, has this thing about decision made by MPs or, or decision made by the public. Yeah, so I, I want to acknowledge full transparency that there is a, the, a question which re refers to remaining and that does give support for a, a people's vote, as it were. But there are other things in that question which I think are really important and doing a lot of work. The general rule... Um, and people can go and look at the table because there's a good dozen or so different questions and I don't think it makes sense to read them all out. But the general rule is when you introduce the concept of, of not leaving after all, leavers tend to get a bit more a bit uh, more angry about that and a bit, and a bit less supportive. You could easily interpret other questions about rejecting the deal where leave voters are more supportive as being about rejecting checkers, let's say. You know, which has nothing to do with reversing Brexit. It's actually to do with uh, wanting a harder form of Brexit, to use that colloquial term. So I think the evidence is is ambiguous. There are horse race questions that show that Remain would win now, but there were there were polls, there were horse race questions which we know are notoriously difficult that showed Remain winning before the referendum. And a lot of these horse race questions rely on new voters entering the um, entering the electorate, and it's not clear in what numbers they'll do so. And you know, there are also polls by people like Salvation that have the, the, the mark at 50-50. Bringing all these numbers together, there is not conclusive evidence that there has been a substantial shift against Brexit, in my mind, that warrants sort of the, the, the political difficulty of trying seeking to reverse, reverse that vote. But that's a more philosophical debate about the concept of Brexit being reversed itself. For the Labour Party specifically, um, obviously you've mentioned that the party is very pro-Remain. Here's the, here's the crux of the issue, I think, for Labour strategically. If they go into um, either out of this conference or in the future and say, we want a people's vote, we want a second referendum, it doesn't make them the party of a people's vote. It makes them the party of Remain because there is no way the Labour Party proposes a people's vote and then doesn't, doesn't commit to uh, Remain after all. It's just inconceivable, in my view. And they might try that, but ultimately... A people's vote makes Labour the party of Remain. And it's really not clear to me that that will be electorally beneficial. But I've talked a lot, so I want to get your so, thoughts on that. Yeah, and that's a good time to pause because I think I don't agree with you on that final point because I think it does depend on the timing. So you said backing a people's vote uh, or vote on the deal or whatever we call it makes Labour the party of Remain. I think that is the case if they go for it when the deal is on the table and it's clear what the deal is because then the conversation goes we want a referendum okay how are you gonna uh, ask people to vote on the deal and you can't really not give an answer to that question the other way of doing it is coming out right now and saying whatever deal is agreed the people should have a final say then the question is, uh, which way are you going to urge people to vote? To which the answer is, well, we don't know because there isn't a deal yet. So so is, the, so is the position there genuinely that we don't know what the question will be? So we're going to have a people's vote, but it might be to accept or reject the deal, or it might be to remain or leave. Right, which is, I think, a philosophically defensible position that you're essentially, in fact, arguably, it is the more philosophically defensible position. If if you're saying we want a people's vote because the people are the only people who are going to stop, the only way of stopping this thing, then essentially you're using tactics. You're um, trying to trying to do shenanigans to stop something you want to stop. If you're saying, if your argument is, we want a people's vote, we want to vote on the deal, whatever. Uh, because we 
think this is such an important element of the constitutional settlement and uh, the referendum, the first referendum wasn't capable of giving a decision on complicated things like whether we should be in the customs union or whatever. So there's going to need to be a, a vote on the details of the deal, regardless of what it is, because the people need to be able to make a view when they see what's on the table. I think that's a defensible position, arguably a more defensible one. But isn't that now, gonna... just to be clear? I'm not. I'm not convinced that it's politically wise, or that the referendum model is a good way of deciding things like this. But it feels like a decision that a good politician could defend. But it, I'm just imagining, though, Diane Abbott, John McDonnell, Jeremy Corbyn, whoever it might be, with Andrew Neil or Laura Kunzberg, trying to basically say we want a referendum. But we're not quite sure on what we're asking. Isn't that going to be? Hang on, that's it, exactly what David Cameron did. David Cameron called a referendum before he'd negotiated with Brussels what what there was going to be. But it was still I no. Mean, it was still in exactly. out, though, wasn't it? It was still in yeah, out. Yeah, but we, it was in and out on what terms? And this is accept or don't accept on what terms? Yeah, you know, I don't think I don't think it's a hard uh, argument to make. So I, I disagree there. I think that David Cameron's, regardless of, yeah, okay, he had his renegotiation, but he, he was very clear that you could vote to leave the EU or you could vote to remain. All oh, right, the yeah. terms of remain, okay, who knows? Um, but that was very clear, remain versus leave. Unless I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, you're not, that, salute, that uh, policy doesn't determine whether you're actually offering leave or remain or whether you're just saying yes or no to the deal. They're hugely different things, right? I mean, they're, they're really... Yeah, okay, I take that. But I think we're talking about two different questions here. So um, let's say it's Emily Thornberry um, is, is having this having this debate. And um, the, there's one question of what is what is being offered in the referendum? So is it we're going to um, st- we're going to uh, have the choice, take the deal or stay in the European Union? That's one way of, of, of phrasing it, which might be the argument she makes or the or the other question that's asked of her is, well, which way would you vote? And I think you're right. She has to have an answer on what what the question on the table is. Is it um, take the deal versus stay? Because another question could be take the deal versus renegotiate. Or is it, uh, and I think you've got to have an answer on that question, but I don't think Labour would need to have an answer on the question, uh, which way are you going to campaign? David Cameron didn't have an answer on that question when he mm. said there was going to be a referendum. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that makes a bit more sense. But I think that you know, it does, does doesn't feel very credible that that if there's an option of remain, Labour will have to will have to back that. And, and the Tories would the Tories would surely. I mean, this gives them an out, an out, doesn't it? Politically, I mean, Theresa May can say. Um, I mean, Theresa May might, may very well want um, uh, Labour to have this policy because she can then turn to the Tories and say, look, you know, if you don't support me, it's you know, Brexit's at risk, right? So doesn't this? Um, Whereas at the moment, she's kind of dangling in the wind. I mean, there's no real, it's it's not really clear whether checkers can work. Her own right flank would probably get rid of her if they could and do something else. Um, Labour is just letting her stew. If they come off the fence on this, she's gotten out, hasn't she? She can kick well, the, well, right. the Labour cat. The, re- the, reason, the reason why I said it would probably be Emily Thornberry is uh, she's uh, clearly made herself central in this by telling the FT this week that, Labour is going to vote against whatever deal Theresa May comes back with, which mm. honestly I find a really hard decision to understand in terms of its positioning. Um, Labour's strategic ambiguity um, with its six tests that allowed it to say, 
we are going to wait to see what the deal is before deciding which way we're going to vote made a lot of sense and i think for uh, a lot of voters it's it would very plausibly be the right decision but to say actually we're going to vote against a deal whatever the tories come back with feels like labor saying actually we never really believed in the six tests all along mm. and we're against this whole project which yeah i mean maybe it's what they have really felt but it just seems a surprising switch to make so last couple of minutes let's talk about what we think might happen um i mean i i'm i would be astonished if labor comes out in favor of a second referendum this conference but presumably there's going to be some kind of resolution that leaves the leaves the question open basically with the pro- where, where everyone leaves conference with the prospect of a, a hashtag people's vote but it's not necessarily official policy. I mean, what do you reckon? Well, that would be entirely in keeping with how Labour have played things so far. I mean, the fact that with Thornbury, they've shifted their position quite significantly, um, I guess, does suggest that they are capable of doing that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel like the battle that they want to be fighting. Um, And I guess I feel like the timing, you sort of, you either have to do it right now and say we want to vote on the deal regardless of what the details are just because we think it's so important people have to be doing it Um, or you do it when the deal comes i guess it's sort of the closer it gets the deal coming then the sort of weirder it is just to jump at that point without sort of seeing the deal but suddenly last minute saying yeah we want to we want a, a vote on it equally i suppose the policy of let's have a general election and we'll do it better is um I don't know. It feels like a quite a nice soundbite, but then when you get to a general election and you have a manifesto, I mean, what's the policy, right? It's going to be a we'll we'll try and negotiate, but if we can't, we might stay. I mean, it doesn't really sound uh, it doesn't really sound right, right? It? But but also, I mean, that's just like you know, it's it's kind of fantasy politics, right? Like the opposition is always supposed to want a general election. It doesn't give us any new data. The fact that the opposition are saying we want a general election and we'll run government better. Uh, saying we want to have a referendum on the deal is something that could conceivably happen because you could pro- you could conceivably get some Tories to vote for it, but you're not going to get Tories to vote for bringing down the government at this point. I mean, I suppose the fi- final couple of minutes, I mean, it, it is highly possible, even even likely potentially, that um, Brexit won't dominate Labour Party conference. Although I suppose, I think that's less likely now Theresa May is going through her troubles in Salzburg. Um you know, in my mind, I wondered whether the Labour leadership was going to try and make this conference about reselections, um, but then conversely, maybe trying to make it about unifying the party and avoiding splits. I mean, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a contradiction in terms about those two things, isn't there? But I mean, it will be fascinating to me to see whether the hand of McDonnell is uh, strong in what happens in a conference because he seems to have had a very good summer. In terms of relaunch, I don't know. If, I don't know if it needed relaunching, but in terms of relaunching his image, he was once seen as the boogeyman of uh, uh, of the left among the Labour right, but now is seen as a pragmatist that wants power and wants to prevent a split and sort of deal with anti-Semitism and not have reselections or, or or maybe minorly reform trigger ballots, but not not have open selections. And the NEC seems to have gone down a path on choosing the next leader, which is um, you know angered the left as well. So maybe we'll see a bunch of uh, a sort of outbreak of unity, but I, I I just don't know because there's not a lot to be uni- unified about in Labour at the moment, isn't there? And Brexit's one of those things. 
Yeah, possibly. I mean, obviously, not everyone in Labour, uh, despite what I said earlier, um, might be a majority. But there are, of course, many people in in Labour who don't think that there should be a, a, a vote on the deal, you know, not least for the democratic grounds that you outlined earlier. I mean, I guess on John McDonnell, um, I mean, it's an interesting one because he's obviously um, saying lots of things that put him in a sort of more conciliatory position than Jeremy Corbyn. But I wonder if, although you sort of say that he's um, was seen as the bogeyman of the uh, by by the the centre left. Um, I wonder whether actually the way he's seen now is not as like, oh, actually, he's a moderate, but more as a kind of Peter Mandelson figure of uh, he's the one who's very good at, um, at the sort of the the PR stuff. But that doesn't mean that we like him anymore. We just think he's a better operator. Mm, one to watch, I'm sure. But that's all we've got time for for this episode of Polling Matters. Um, hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, for those that are around in and around Labour Conference, do do give us a shout about what you think. I mean, which way will this go? Which way is best for Labour? I'm fully expecting a fudge, but we'll see. And eventually they're going to have to come down on one side or the other. Um, if you like what you hear, please do, as usual, share us on social media. Tell a friend about us. Give us a nice rating on iTunes or other podcast apps. Anything you can do, however small, does help um, share the podcast with others. Um, we still get listeners, new listeners to this day, which we very much appreciate. But for now, thanks for listening and have a great weekend.